Grace and peace, folks. You're listening to United We Pray. Austin Suter typically does uh, these little intros, but here I am. I am not Austin. I am Isaac Adams, the founder of United We Pray. I just wanted to point you to an article on our website that I think is excellent and super edifying. Uh, It's called The Beauty of the Church in Prayer, written by Jonathan Morgan. And what it does is it's a simple testimony about how the gospel can bring people together in such a way that the world is astounded by. Uh, And frankly, I think it's wonderfully refreshing to read because it says something positive about the church right now. Uh, I think the church has a lot of mess, but the church is a beloved mess, and we ought to talk like it about like it is such, uh, because we are talking about someone's wife, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I just wanted to point you to this article. It's called The Beauty of the Church in Prayer. I tweeted this earlier. I said, what if I told you that you could be really encouraged and be invited to approach the throne of grace on behalf of an HBCU, and you get to see how the gospel brings together in such a way that nothing else can. And I think uh, you will be deeply encouraged by the testimony of a former campus minister at a HBCU and how the Lord used a surprising sister in his life. Grace and Peace, you're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a ministry devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians think better about race in a way that is biblical and helpful, clear, and hopeful. You can learn more about our work at youwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, old episodes, and more. I'm Austin Suter, one of the co-hosts here again, as always, with Isaac Adams. How you doing, Isaac? Man, I think uh, hopefully both our voices sound gruffer uh, because of the pollen. Uh, So there's that. You know, allergies are still a thing in this fallen world. And spring is always a time of rejoicing and weeping for me. And I think for you, too. Yeah, it wasn't ever for me until I moved to North Carolina. And then it hit me like a truck. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Besides that, doing well, man. Doing well. Uh, And are we we're talking about kind of another one of our aims today, right? On clarity. Yeah. We have kind of backed into a little mini series. Um, You should get like an editor who plans things well, but we have sort of stumbled into what seems like a decent idea, which is that we are going to take a couple episodes this season and talk about our aims and what we intend to be as a ministry. That's right. And last week um, we, we did that when we talked about hope And we are doing that again this week and talking about clarity and why we value clarity as a founding principle for what we're doing. That's right. That's right. Well, let me just open this up uh, with one thing, because our first aim is to be biblical. uh, And I'm sure we'll have it because it's funny. We're kind of working backwards through them. Um, We talked about hope, like you said. And then, yeah, we say we aim to be clear. And I think Paul had the same aim, right? So in 2 Corinthians 1, 12, Uh, He says, for our boast is this, the testimony of our conscience that we behaved in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God and supremely so toward you. Then he says this in uh, the next verse, verse 13, for we are not writing to you anything other than what you read and understand, and I hope you will fully understand. Uh, And I think within that, we see a good and godly ambition that as we communicate truths about the faith, truths about living lives of justice and mercy, we want to be 
able to be understood. Uh, this is a basic thing I think anyone would agree with. Um, but I mean, I think you see what happens at the Tower of Babel, for instance, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about this, that uh, uh, conversations about race so often feel like we're talking at the foot of Babel. Uh, and that breeds great frustration. Uh, so let me uh, let me pray uh, to that end, Austin, um, that God would grant us clarity and Go for uh, help our listeners to be more clear in their conversations about race. Let's pray. Father, so often uh, it seems in this conversation, we are like the fools at the foot of Babel, uh, talking past one another, talking over or under uh, one another. It seems like we're just speaking different languages. So, Lord, we pray that you would give uh, your people a united language, uh, Father, a clear language, a holy language, a graceful language as we communicate about these difficult things. Uh, Lord, uh, we know that your word is clear. We want to be clear. Help us to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's start there. Why do you think conversations about race get so confused? Yeah, I mean, man, goodness, this is kind of the question I'm trying to answer in uh, in the book, uh, Lord willing, that's coming out in January. Um, and I think there are a myriad of answers. Um, one of them is that race is race and racism are complex issues. Now, what when, when I'm saying that, I don't mean that uh, they are they can't be discerned. I don't mean that uh, they can't be immediately obvious, right? So we would all agree that uh, segregation was a racist system uh, and that, you know, burning crosses are wrong for that, for instance. And yet one of the kind of hiccups we see is when that's someone's only definition of racism, well, then they might miss some things, right? And that person who isn't missing things then gets frustrated. That's another reason uh, we, we aren't clear sometimes. Sometimes we're speaking out of pain and just kind of speaking uh, uh, in our emotions, and that's not necessarily wrong. Um, but yeah, man, there's a whole slew of reasons. But I do think one is that it's complex. Even as I read that Second Corinthians 1 uh, verse, you know, it's not, it's a few books later, Second Peter three sixteen, where Peter's like, you know, some of the things Paul says, are hard to understand, right? Right. I love that verse. Right? Like, it's just a little, it's one of those fun kind of subtle knocks in the Bible. It's like, you know, when uh, when one of the gospel writers is making clear he got to the tomb first. It's one of those, it's one of those subtle kind of just, you know, reminders of like, okay, just because it's clear doesn't mean uh, it's just going to be immediately obvious. And so that's one one reason I think uh, these conversations are difficult. I might throw one more in there, which is just sort of the self-perpetuating nature of Please. racism and confusion in that racism created segregation, which has led mm. to more confusion as folks talk in sort of their segregated groups and develop their own culture and their own language. And then when we try to talk to each other, we don't know That's what right. in the world each other are talking about. That's exact. That's exactly right. I mean, the knock-on effects, of, particularly of segregation. So I have a section in, in the book just focusing on one reason this conversation is so difficult is because our churches are largely segregated. We we do not know how to speak to one another. We both might be speaking English, yes, but beyond that, um, it is you know that's just the effects of homogeneity and groupthink. It's just you build a self-reinforcing 
narrative in your mind that seems as obvious as the sky is blue and water is wet. And it's just like, "Ah, yeah, that's actually, (laughs) yeah, not helpful. And, And one thing I'll say, and so I'm sure I'm jumping ahead of you, is just one reason this is such a big deal, the need for clarity, is because Satan thrives on confusion, right? This is what we see in the garden, where he simply means, doesn't come out right and say, hey, you should sin against God and plunge the rest of humanity uh, into a fallen order. And just, did God really say that? So yeah, uh, you know, we, I'm not saying we necessarily have such malicious intent in our confusion, um, but make no mistake, Satan uses that confusion to frustrate our conversations further still. Definitely, and we'll get there next, but I just wanted to just highlight and you know, keep, keep beating the same drum that, you know, part of what we mean to be as a ministry is, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to help define terms, help trying to serve as translators between groups. Like this is, this is a pillar of our ministry is that we want to be clear for all of the reasons you've described. And I want to sort of bring up another one before we move on, which is just that clarity can come from a, a theology of God and understanding that God is the primary one working. We talked about this in the last episode that he has ordained for us to have a, a, a part in proclaiming the reconciling love of God, but he's the one that does the saving. And so what we do when we prize and, you know, prioritize Mm -hmm. clarity is we understand the difference between our role and God's. So we don't give into manipulation or coercion yeah. We simply value clarity uh, and trust God to work with it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's just like, I'm just going to let my job is to communicate this as clearly as I can. And that doesn't mean it will be received. And God might, God very well uh, has to, might have to apply this to that heart. That's right. So one of the ways we've done this as a ministry and something we wanted to highlight here for you on the podcast, we don't presume that everybody who listens to the podcast also reads our articles, but we put articles out every week um, on our blog and we will link to these in the show notes, but we have done a series called Word Study. And in that we've done a couple different things. We've tried to um, define some terms that are often used in the, in conversations about race that are confusing. And we've also done something where we've tried to provide multiple examples of how terms are used. And so yeah. the, you see how those are kind of different things, right? Yeah. In, yeah. in yeah. defining terms, we're saying, this is what this means. And in providing examples, we're going, this is what different people might mean by it. Isaac, what's the value That's in doing right. both of those different things? Shouldn't we just define all the terms flatly? Yeah, uh, I mean, that would be nice. But as as you've already highlighted, different communities are using different dictionaries. So, you know, I can say, this means this till I'm blue in the... F-, or I can just speak as if I know the definition of a word, but that presumes that that the my listener is sharing my definition so i think it's really fruitful to to flesh out hey this is what this means and then this is how you might hear it used in different ways um because if we just use the ter- if the term if everyone was on the same page about the terms i don't think we would be having the difficulty we're having nowadays and that's just it what do you mean by racism or race or, um, you know, so for instance, 
someone might say something like, you know, systemic racism, racism is just this Marx, Marxist principle. And it's like, okay, well, let me, let me flesh out what I mean by systemic or structural. Uh, and I think you would, you would probably be more inclined to that kind of definition. So I think it's super useful, man, because, uh, and you did this in your CRT series. Um, you fleshed out like, Hey, if I, if, you know, person A uses the word and person B just says, Hey, you shouldn't say that, but don't you know, that means this. Well, then the conversation gets shut down in such a way that we can't really learn anything. Uh, we can't really benefit from what our the speaker is saying. Uh, and I don't think that's what we want to do if we're sincerely striving to, to be learning, uh, to be growing in our understanding. Uh, so yes, we want to declare truth, but it's not, it's not quite that simple. I appreciate that. And something sort of implicit in what you said is just some humility to say that that's right. my that's definition right. of a word that's not in the Bible um, is is the correct one. So there's a little bit of humility to say, this is what I mean, and help me understand if you mean something different. That's right. And and again, we're, we're, this isn't kind of like postmodern, there is no truth. We're like, yes, the definition can be wrong. That's right. Uh, but what we want to make clear is that, you know, so, so I, for instance, to this point, Austin, uh, in the book, I put a glossary at the end. And I say, generally, this is what this means. And I want to, you to understand how I mean it, what I mean by this term, so that you're not reading me saying something I'm not saying. And therefore, we have a conversation. We, we could be spared of a difficult conversation that we don't need to have because, hey, I wasn't actually ever saying that. And I hope that the glossary gives folks who are newer to these kind of conversations just some kind of handlebars. Like, when we talk about racial reconciliation versus racial justice, what do we mean? Is that all the same stuff? Why or why not? And, and so forth. Yeah, I appreciated. I appreciate the glossary. I think you did good work in that. And folks can we keep talking about the book and teasing it? it seems like in about every episode these days. But it is actually coming out. I've read it. It's real. He's not lying. And I think it's going to be super <laughs> helpful when it comes. I appreciated what you said about you know postmodernity and and us actually valuing truth. I'm reminded of what Chesterton said about humility intellectual humility and having that in the right place and being mm. humble about yourself and confident in the truth and how so mm, often well we said. get that backwards and we have the utmost confidence in ourself and let that, you know, cause a lack of confidence in truth. And, you know, man, that can happen here. Yes. Yes. So well said. Well said. Yeah. By him. It's read orthodoxy. It's really good. <laughs> um, so a couple examples then of how we've tried to do this um, in our word study series, you will see a couple different articles and I, we haven't separated them or highlighted what we're doing. So I wanted to do that here. There are two sure. articles in there, one on power and one on injustice. And in those, what we mean to do is say, we think this is what these terms mean. And in doing that, we're, we're operating on, I think, firmer biblical ground than we are on the other terms, which is why in the articles about whiteness, white privilege, white supremacy, what we do is say, this is what people mean or may mean when they say these terms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Isaac, I was, I don't have this in my show notes, but I was, I was thinking about an exchange I read a couple of years ago where there was an argument at an event and a panel. 
and it it blew up on social media as things tend to do and people got mad and there was hurt and there was misunderstanding and as i read through what was said on some of these terms these loaded emotional terms i counted like five or six different meanings in mm. terms of what i thought the people were saying and they didn't understand each other and yeah. that's just yep. that that's so easy to have happen and so i hope what we've been yep. able to do is sort of collate meanings and help people understand what someone might mean if they come from a different tribe. Well, that, that, yeah, that's exactly right. And that is kind of bridge building work, which I think a lot of our listeners are trying to give themselves to. Um, and, and, you know, we, we say this on the website, I meant, I meant to read, read this earlier, uh, but just in the, on that page under about, uh, and our aims and I'll connect it to what you're saying, uh, in a second, uh, we say, we want to be clear in what we write and pray. One way we aim to benefit you is by striving for clarity. While you may disagree with what we say, we don't want you to wonder what it is we're actually saying. While I did not fear complexity, the apostle Paul aimed to write nothing other than what his audience could read and understand and what he hoped they would fully understand. And we aim to do the same. Please pray for us that this would always be our aim. And it strikes me, Austin, that when you're talking about, you know, the word study series, I hope one kind of general application people take from that is the kind of instinct that when they read something or when they listen to someone, right? So you've listed some terms that could, you know, make a city block explode, whiteness, white privilege. And you did one on white supremacy. Yes. No. Yes, I did glutton for punishment yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> that you are my friend <laughs> uh, um but what i hope austin that you've done and i think you've done is you've created enough space that i hope as someone who's having trying to have these conversations for the glory of god for the love of my neighbor for the unity of my church uh for my own sanctification and holiness because it could be that i have blind spots to your point about humility that the word study series pushes someone to just have the instinct to ask hey what did you mean when you said x that simple question alone it's so might helpful. prevent your church from blowing up. That's such a helpful what question. What did you mean by X? Now you can ask it, of course, we can have a whole other episode on tone. What did you mean? You know, hey, you know, and it's just, okay. Uh, so, but the question itself is super useful. Very simple. Just clarify. It's one that Twitter does not ask often. Uh, and so, Austin, I think that word study series, that's what it does. It provides what did you mean by X or Y or Z? And then we can have conversation A, B, and C. I think a lot more fruitfully. So I really appreciate that work you've taken up in that in that in that series too. And that it gets to your other question about, hey, we want to we want to bring kind of multiple dictionaries to the table, and then this might we actually might see we have more in common. Okay, oh that nuance, that's a good nuance. Um, I wanted to close us with sort of what you're saying, like a few practical tips for how we can be agents of clarity in our churches, in our yeah, conversations. Wonderful. And yes. that tip by you is huge. Like just pursuing clarity, asking clarifying questions, asking asking questions of people you think you disagree with. And I and I would say the more you disagree, the more you need to pursue that kind of clarity. Yeah. So you and I can use terms and I'm like, we're speaking the same dictionary, same language, but the more if if we were to be kind of just two polar opposite folks, still Christians, 
the more I think there's a burden to be like, I've really got to strive to make sure I understand what he means. I uh, just share a quick example of this. Uh, our friend Jonathan Lehman over at Nine Marks uh, came to teach a class at my seminary at RTS. And all the professors at RTS are Presbyterians. Jonathan Lehman is a Baptist. And he brought a Presbyterian professor in and he didn't argue with him. He, he didn't make any points. All he did was ask this brother questions. And you could see the kind of disarming effect. Like, I think the professor came in expecting an argument and he didn't get one. And what that did to the tone and to clarity was just, it was a model, I think, for us students to watch. It's like, oh, there's a better way to do this. Yes. God bless the ministry of Dr. Lehman. Yeah, that's right. There's a better, yeah, there's a more excellent way here. Right. And we want to be striving for that. You know, it's a beautiful anecdote. Yeah. Well, I just have a couple of verses to kind of close this out. Um, James 119, slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to take offense. These are all excellent qualities for not only just preserving unity, but pursuing clarity. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Proverbs 1813, you know, don't speak before you understand. Like, my goodness, mm-hmm. a verse for our time. Yes, 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 and amen. I mean, two, two simple proverbs that are as simple as they are easily forgotten. And yeah, before, if you just operate, I mean, how many, this happens in marriage all the time, right? You assume you know what your spouse meant. They did not mean that. And you run off making a mess of things because you assumed what you assume the meaning. And in, the, in these conversations, I just, you cannot do that. I just can't underscore that enough. Uh, you've got to be super careful because what you do is you un, when you ch- when someone is charged with the position that they are not actually with saying something they're not actually saying it it alienates them and makes them necessarily defensive. And going back to your word study series, Austin, why I think it's useful is because if someone if someone just reads that. You know, they might disagree with whichever, whichever definition, but I think that leads someone to ask more questions. Like, why did they define it that way? Like, have I thought about that nuance? And I think that leads to a lot more fruitful edification and growing. Uh, so I think what, what kind of, to your point about kind of tips for unity, I do think your perspective on the conversation matters. Am I, am I simply out to correct or am I out to for myself to be edified. And I would say that a chief aim for the Christian ought not just to be correction, though we certainly do that, prove and admonish one another, but to edify, and correction is a part of edifying, edify one another and edify yourself. Amen to all of that. And God keep us from self-appointing ourselves like corrector, like a ministry of correction. Yeah. God keep us yeah, from that. Just, yeah, we, that certainly, we just don't want to be, uh, I mean, it's just like, no one, <laughs> one likes that friend. You're just always correcting you. It's like, the sky's blue. Actually, it's not blue. It's a water, it's a reflection of the ocean. It's like, great, thank you. I'm just talking. Uh, and that's, man, where we want, we want a culture, I think, 
and our, certainly at, at the United We Pray team, the stuff we produce, but a, a thick grace where we also want to keep in mind, so you talked about James 1, uh, and I know you're trying to push us to prayer, um, but just because one of our virtues is biblical, I want to add James 3, that no man is perfect in what he says. And so I think the flip side of this conversation, Austin, is as we strive for clarity, we can require perfection in what people say. Oh, That if you don't add the 17 nuances to your definition that I have from my personal experience, you must be a racist or you must be a Marxist because, hey, you didn't add these 45 clarifying nuances and caveats. And I think, brother, that's what we so often experience in this conversation. And we got to be really careful that clarity doesn't become perfection in our mind because by very nature of pursuing clarity, we're wading through imperfections, trying to say, trying to say it better. And hey, I've not said stuff perfectly in my life. Maybe this person won't say it perfectly in their life. And I could have a bit more grace, and that goes hand in hand with having a bit more humility uh, for them as they talk about this really difficult thing. I mean, I just, sorry, I'm one more thing. I just would like folks, you know, if, if some article has just infuriated you about race stuff, I just, I would just put forth, like, how many articles have, have you written about this? And if the answer is a lot, praise God. I hope God keeps you going in your ministry. But what I would say is, I think it's kind of like when, uh, you know, younger guys preach at our church, they kind of leave being like, preaching is a lot harder than I thought it was. And, you know, Austin, you're, for instance, your CRT series, because you're a glutton for punishment, it might seem simple, kind of plain, reasonable, I hope. But brother, you, you had to do layman's work and reading thousands of pages for that. And what I want folks to, what I hope folks to see as they strive for clarity uh, is that, hey, if, if you take up the mantle to try to say something, you might, you might hope folks are as gracious with you as you would like them to be and as you should be with others. And I'll end with this just on the theme of glutton for punishment. Uh, if there are topics you want us to address, if there are things we've written or said that you think we could be clearer on, if there are terms you want us to take a look at in our word study series, uh, there are no shortage of links on our website to reach out to us and let us know those things. Amen. Amen. So we, we Amen. do love hearing from y'all. We do. We do. And we, uh, I love getting, you know, emails from folks. It's helpful. Pushes us. Yeah. Amen. Well, brother, let's pray. Let's, let's do it. I want to commend you one more time though, uh, because I like being a glutton of encouragement. Brother, one thing, one reason I love working with you and I love you editing my stuff and kind of hate it too, is because you push me to be clear. You say, Isaac, the sentence sucks. This doesn't make any sense. And usually you're right. Uh, and I reread it. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But to me, and therefore it doesn't make sense to you. It's not clear. And so thank you for that. Uh, and that's what we want, I think, our friends to do is like be pushing each other in that way. All right, let's pray. Am I praying first or are you praying first? I'll go first. You close this out. Amen. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the clarity of your word. Thank you that we can read it and understand it. And Lord, we pray that as we try to have difficult conversations, as we try to contribute well, words and articles and podcasts, Lord, we pray that you would make us clear. We pray that for us as a Amen. ministry. We pray that for us in our churches, with our friends, with our families. Lord, we pray that um, we wouldn't contribute to misunderstanding or hurt by our lack of clarity. We pray that you make us careful, pray that you make us humble, 
pray that you give us the qualities you have uh, commanded in your word. We pray that you would um, just build understanding, build unity by your spirit in all the ways that we can't. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you that Genesis 11 is not the last chapter in our Bibles. We thank you for that sight we see in Revelation where Babel is undone and people from every tribe and tongue and nation, Father, are brought back together. And we have one song and we have one outfit, the righteousness of Christ, those robes we will have. Father, we thank you uh, for the clarity of that vision and that day. And we know that today, as we march toward that, Lord, we are imperfect and we stumble in many ways. So, Father, we pray that we would have grace for one another as we speak, as we wrestle for clarity. Father, we pray that we would be slow to accuse and quick to extend uh, the benefit of the doubt. Father, we pray that we would be gracious inquirers, uh, that we wouldn't hold interrogations, but true and sincere conversations where we desire to learn, where we recognize we don't know everything, and we rely on you who does know everything, who can do anything for your church and for your people. Lord, we pray this to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Yeah, man. I, uh, I, I did the little intro to this episode uh, going on about Jonathan Morgan's article because I think it's just so excellent and refreshing to read something positive about the church uh, right now. Um, so I would just point folks to that. One other article uh, folks might be interested in in terms of this article is, is my little one on the benefit of the doubt. I think it's called RIP, the benefit of the doubt, uh, in which I try to confess my own failure and not seeking clarity in the situation and how that led to uh, a bad conversation and uh, how I think that is a good analogy for, the, for conversations about race. So folks can check that out. And the show notes, Austin, always good to be with you, allergies or not. Uh, and we will catch folks next time as we keep marching through our aims. And folks, I would just ask you, we, we, we ask for your prayers that we would be clear in what we do. So please pray for our ministry to that end. All right, folks, grace and peace. Oh.